God. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of From the Fourth Line. I'm one of your hosts, or I'm 50% of your hosting team, Emma, and I'm joined, as always, by my uh, by the other 50%, Marcy. Hello. <laughs> what? What a weekend we've had, I feel like. It's been... Oh, I feel like I've God. gone through all the emotions possible since we last recorded on Thursday. Um, we've, we've discovered some new emotions. <laughs> we've discovered some new emotions. Um, so, of course, we're going to talk at length about Joseph Wool, uh, obviously. Um, you know, I we have two perspectives to talk about regarding that game as well uh, against the Senators on Thursday because one of us watched the broadcast and the other one was at the game sitting behind Joseph Wool's net. So... <laughs> And a Joseph Wool jersey, which I got a compliment on when I was leaving the arena. I was like, yes. <laughs> so also we're going to talk about his return to social media because I feel like that's also just breaking news in general. Yeah. But <laughs> we'll start by talking about some actual <laughs> hockey first before we before we talk about Joseph Wool on social media. But because I feel like we also we have like a lot to talk about. Um, so we're going to start mm-hmm. Leaves versus Sense on Thursday. Um, Leafs in Ottawa, which means I went to the game. I was at the game. Um, had some good seats in the 300s. Uh, yeah, my big note that I noticed right away, and now I don't have a lot of notes on this game because I was writing notes on my phone between like when <laughs> there was like stoppages of play and like TV timeouts and stuff. But I did notice that at the start, I don't know if you noticed this, there was a mixed fourth, like a mixed up fourth up fourth line to start where Camp and Gregor were up with Yarncroke. Like I wouldn't say that Reeves was, Reeves was like elevated to the third line with Domi and Robertson. If anything, I'd say they were brought down to the fourth line to play with mm-hmm. him. Because if you're playing Ryan Reeves on your third line... I am. I will march down to Long Island right now and slap some into Sheldon Keefe. But yeah, so it was. It was just something that I noticed where I was like looking at the line, and it wasn't even like they were caught between a change. Like it was a. It was. It was a full shift where it was a couple of shifts where it was Camp and Gregor with Yarncroke, and I just thought that was something interesting to note at the start of the game. Eventually, got back to the normal lines, but it was just something at the start of the game where I was like, "What are you trying here? What's going on here?" <laughs> what's what's going on? I mean, we will talk about that fourth line because that fourth line had a great game against Nashville. They looked really good against Nashville. I mean, the whole team looked really good against Nashville. <laughs> so oh we'll talk God. about that game too. But some really great early saves by Joseph Wool. I he was playing his best game of the season. It was. Like yeah, like yeah, he let in two goals. But one of them was a Josh Norris breakaway on a bad turnover coming off of a Leafs power play. Mm-hmm. And the other one was he got stick lifted by his own teammate. Yeah. Like. It happens. Yeah. It shouldn't, but it does. It shouldn't. But yeah, so obviously, so first goal of the game uh, is Leafs coming off of an okay power play. I would say, like, I don't know, the penalty kill has definitely been better than the power play as of lately. Oh, yeah. Let's Josh Norris get a breakaway and um, the former end scores. It was a good shot by Norris. Like, he he was playing top line center this game. Uh, So, yeah. And then Mitch Marner, though, to tie it back up, that 
that was a really nice goal. There were there was a guy like a section over from me. I did post about this on Twitter. Who was wearing a wearing a Marner jersey, and when Marner scored, had taken his jersey off and was going tarps off, waving around his jersey like a flag. And I was sure like, that's that was actually the only just me. <laughs> That's the only way to appropriately celebrate a Mitch Marner goal is tarps off. I feel like he would approve of that. But yeah, oh, if yeah. you ever want fun energy for a game, sit in the 300s of a Canadian uh, in the Canadian Tire Center for a Leafs versus Sens game because it's it's a great like it's loud. Um, I did see a couple tweets being like, oh, it's so quiet. I'm like, That's the broadcast because I was in that arena. It was a loud game. There was mm. like. People, there was the go Leafs go chance. There was go sense go chance. There was like pe- there was like both at the same time trying to like be louder than each other. But yeah, and then Joseph Wool with the save on Matthew Joseph. Again, another just highway Insane. robbery of a save. Honestly, like one of those. I was, I was like, what the fuck? People were standing up. Like people were standing up. There was a couple guys, a couple rows ahead of me, like bowing down to pull after a couple of his big saves. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is the energy we want. That, that is the energy we want. Uh, and then camp, camp. We're gonna talk camp about and talk about the fourth line because he's been great the past couple of games as well. Mm. Uh, gets one in the chaos in front of the net uh, to make it two one. Uh, Incredible. I believe that's also the goal where Tavares gets a point assist on it, so that brings him. Mm. We're, we're on John Tavares' 1,000-point count here. Yes. <laughs> We've been watching that. That's something to watch. Hopefully, fingers crossed for a two-point night in uh, tonight uh, against the Islanders. But then, can, also, can we take a moment for the uh, Yarn Croak tic-tac-toe goal with Domi and Robertson to make it 3-1? Insane. That was a beautiful play. And that's one where you, like, look at that third line and you're like, that third line works mm. it works so well and it's almost upsetting that we never started with that third line because like now in 2020 hindsight it looks so obvious that that would be the best option for the lease on the third line yeah. is those three but of course like our third line at the beginning center was like what like a was had like Nylander it was like Nylander center Domi and right like what Nylander was- at one point our third line was like Camp, Domi, and Nyes. Who mm. thought that was going to work? It never did. And then you had like Nylander was going to be like the third line center at one point. Mm. But I am actually really happy with this, with the way that we're rolling with that third line. A lot of people are saying like, mm. oh, like Robertson can't make, can't play it in the playoffs. I'm like, no, but that's the line that you kind of want. I don't know. Mm. I feel like I'd want that line in the playoffs, but. Oh, yeah. Because it's like they're like consistent and they don't fuck up. <laughs> yeah like half as bad as everyone else oh yeah um and then yeah back the other way for for the first goal of his nhl career bernard docker congrats to him like when they, when they were like and his first of the, his first of his career I was like a fucking course it was right like yes. it's the least we're talking about here of course you just have to be yeah, um, he was, he Bernard Docker, he was put on waivers at the start of the season, and a lot of people were like, oh, potential to be ba- uh, bus, um, like a draft bus, but I haven't been following the sense, specifically, I haven't been following, like, the AHL and the Belleville Senators at all, 
um, nor have I really been following the sense too deeply besides like just, mm-hmm. you know, what I get from living in Ottawa. But yeah, I don't feel like he seems like a good defenseman for, you know, what they're working with. But yeah, Will got stick listed by Brody on the shot. So, you know, what can you do? And then now we have to talk about the moment I really didn't want to talk about. No. Joseph Wool goes down with 10 minutes into the third, uh, hurt off of a shot. Um, now, from what I saw from the back, of, I was sitting behind the net. Uh, so from what I saw, it looked like similar to, it was, Sam, was it against the Penguins? Samsonov got hit. That was the, was that the Pittsburgh game? Or was that? It was was Samsonov's last game, though, that he played. I do remember Mm -hmm. that. I think it was Pittsburgh. Was uh, where he got hit in the neck collarbone and just had to take him in. And that's what I thought it was at first because it was, he went down right after blocking a shot. And from what I could Mm -hmm. see from sitting behind him, I thought, oh, he, that's what it was. And then he wasn't getting up. And then, (laughs) I started to panic. Oh, yeah. Like, I had... To, there was a kid sitting about two seats down for me, so I feel like if <laughs> there wasn't that kid there, I'd be swearing way, way more than I actually was. But I was mm-hmm. sitting there, and I was like, oh, oh, no. And obviously, he left with some discomfort. Like, he left with help. He had to get Reeves and Brody yeah. to carry him off the ice, essentially. He couldn't put any weight on his one foot. And that's when you know you're like, oh, no. Because with goalies, you go knee and groin, right? Mm. And that's my word. His knee has just exploded into a billion pieces. Oh, yeah. But it turns out we do have information on what it is. It's a high ankle sprain, which is the same injury that Timothy Lilligren is out with right now. And uh, Lilligren today in practice was on a fourth uh, D pair with LeJoie. So he is back to full like morning skates at least Mm. so you know hopefully we see a similar timeline maybe that's the expectation but of course you know two different positions from what i've seen people saying on like twitter and like with how other similar goalie injuries have gone they said like six to ten weeks yeah so we won't see him until the new year um yeah mid the, the latest. All-star That's like break. worst <laughs> case. We'll see him until the All Star break. Oh, oh no! But I really hope it's not that. I really hope it's you know sometime in January. Fingers yeah. crossed. Um, and we're not stuck waiting until February. But that does mean that Jones is in for relief in his first mm. time playing in NH in any NH like considerable like regular season NHL game since last season because he's only he only played preseason games for the Leafs so far. Um, but yeah, so because obviously Samsonov was not in backup because he was not still not feeling 100%. Um, yeah, and then you got Nylander with the assurance goal. It's just a classic Nylander yeah. goal where you're like, yeah, this is Nylander doing Nylander things. Um, and then Giroux goal on a prolonged ozone time for the Sens to make it 4-3. I mean, you know, you don't like, you're throwing in Martin Jones cold, and I think he did do a really good job. He made some really mm-hmm. good start, like really good stops, and some, yeah. some, you know, high, you know, some high important saves um, for going in as a guy who went in cold essentially in the third period of a game, right? With like no warning. 
Uh, and then uh, there's this funny moment that I just want to point out where the lights go out near the end of the period. And you just watch all the Leafs put their hands up and they're like, what? Because it was like six on four. And it's like six on four. Sens had it in the Leafs zone. They were like, and then the lights go out for a second. And I like, everyone's like, what the fuck is going on? And no one knows, like, who knows? We never got an explanation as to why the lights went out. It was just weird that there was, you know, refs didn't blow a whistle, but it was like a quick someone hit the wrong switch and then flipped get back on kind of thing where I was like how how did that happen um but yeah so and then yeah Jones made some solid stops with six on four uh it was like the last like 50 seconds six on mm-hmm. four because of a Connor Timmons penalty I think it was Connor Timmons yeah yeah um, I think it was. yeah um so of course we'll talk about the <laughs> injury yeah so Samsonov and Jones to be the tandem um going forward for the Leafs hopefully fingers crossed knock on wood we don't deal with any more injuries uh for Leafs goaltending or you're starting to dip into your young like the young guys on the Marlies like Dennis Hildeby who we will talk yeah. about in a little bit we do have a whole segment dedicated to some Leafs prospects um but yeah he was so high ankle sprain uh he was seen um against Nashville at the game sitting up with the dads in the in their little box that they had ch- chomping like he was snacking away <laughs> a little popcorn <laughs> his little popcorn I was like because honestly when he got hurt like I was like oh my god he's hurt this sucks and then I was like oh no Joseph Bull's hurt we're not gonna get him to see him play and then I'm like we're not gonna see him in general like and ever. then and then what do we know in the span of 24 hours we see him on the broadcast three times because they're like, oh, yeah, no, they talk. They keep talking about his injury, obviously, because that's the big story mm-hmm. for the Leafs right now uh, because of how good of a season he was having. Uh, and it was like, what, 915 save percentage, 280 some yeah. goals against average, like playing fantastic. They show him three yeah. times. And then last night at like <laughs> 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> <laughs> 3 a.m. for me. 3 o'clock in the morning. I was about to go to bed. (laughs) It's 10 o'clock at night. I'm watching the, like, Sharks versus Golden Knights game because I'm I'm up studying still for finals. And I'm like, whatever. And I get, like, five panicked DMs from Marcy just going, in all caps, just Emma, Emma, Emma. And I was like, one, either she's dying. Two... She's about to drop the most heartbreaking edit on me <laughs> without warning, and I'm about to die. And then I could not, or three, for some reason, a GM is making a trade at 10 o'clock at night, and we know the player, right? <laughs> like, that, that's what's going through. And somehow I missed it because Elliot Freeman didn't tweet about it, right? And I, I have his tweet notification, so I was like, what? Joseph Wool's back on Instagram. <laughs> I didn't even, I literally, I just sent this screenshot and I was like, it's happened. <laughs> I, was, I, I can't believe it. I mean, the last, like, I am a little bit traumatized from player, from athletes that I like getting back on, so, getting on social media because the last time this happened, it was Sebastian Vettel announcing his retirement from F1. And that was something I did not need to experience at six o'clock in the morning but this is good this is good I really do hope that we like see um I don't know we see we see like some lego updates from him please Joseph if you're listening please post post the lego I want to know when you finish I want to know what you're building that would be 
fantastic i think that's what the people need to see that's like so many of its instagram comments too on his latest post as well that no, it was just like, where it was like, should we do like a collection? Can we build Lego to get like, <laughs> I mean, so... like, if I were to him, I'd just like sit there and scroll through. I'd just be like giggling to myself. I'd just be like, yeah, these fuckers. But yeah, if you want like a wholesome like Instagram follow, check out Joseph Wool. His like follow list too, like the accounts that he follows is so, it's like his teammates, his team, his family. And like NASA, and <laughs> and there there's an account as well for a for a, a men, like a mental health um in, uh, not institution but mental health association and charity mm-hmm. here in, that has that here in Toronto that's located here in Toronto I don't live in Toronto anymore but that's located in Toronto so it's it's a good follow he's like one of the he's now like one of two um hockey players that I follow Instagram the other one being Zach Aston Reese who I follow <laughs> for the dog content and we'll talk about Zach Aston Reese in a little bit later because we have some news regarding our favorite gra- graphic designer but we should talk about the Leafs uh really good win against the Predators as well unless mm-hmm. you have anything to add about the Senators game I mean they won in regulation which we see this it's as a miracle. Win. miracle I mean at what cost but it was it was mm-hmm. just a really good game by the Leafs uh I think on a lot of ways um for sure, but yeah, let's talk Preds versus Leafs, which is a fantastic game. Four nothing win, shootout for Um, yeah, Reeves in his second game in a row on the fourth line, or is this his third? I'm trying to remember if he played uh, against Seattle, or uh, Boston. Yeah, he did. So this is his third game in a row mm. on the fourth line. Um, but then. Mm, uh, Marley's defenseman Miko Kokonen was also recalled on an emergency basis she t- and he took warm-ups so there's definitely some sort of bug that's going around the team yeah. right now for sure uh, and you know more guys other than Samsonov and Lajeson who who was at practice today and his status on whether he's going to play is a game time decision but there's got to be something going around but yeah, um, I just, I have a big note for me is Matthew Nye's playing a physical game of hockey. Oh His my god. Kids? I was, oh my god, I was like, my friend was around watching and I was like, every five, every like five seconds, every time he like had a massive hit, I was like, fucking hell. And she was like, what's happening? I'm like, did you see this man absolutely fucking destroy just everyone. Yeah. I love when, you know, players remember that they're big. Because um, yeah. there was also a couple good hits by Matthews as well. I'm like, when mm. Matthews remembers that he's, like, 6'3", again, 200, 215 pounds. I looked it up after our last podcast where I said he was 200. <laughs> so I looked it up. He's actually heavier than I was saying. <laughs> but when players remember that they're big and they have weight to throw behind like to throw mm. and of course obviously the hits have to be clean um but like they were some good clean hits um that mm-hmm. were being that the Leafs were putting down Reeves was yeah. looking was shaky one, like, start yeah go no go ahead you can talk about it was like that one like the one clip I've been I keep seeing where it's like Matthew's hit nice hit Matthew and I'm just like 
Gee, they're just like throwing everyone around. I'm like, oh, this, yeah. is, this is what we need. Where has this been? Yeah, like a physical top line is what like all of the hockey uncles on Twitter have been saying for years now that they're like, oh, we need more physicality to this team. This top line used to be physical. Well, here you have it. You know, yeah. even though Nice isn't really scoring at like the pace people expect him to, I don't know why they expect him to be catching up with like Connor Bedard. It's Connor Bedard, but who is like seven points in the lead of the rookie scoring race or something ridiculous I saw yeah. today. But the fact that he's contributing to this team and especially to that top line in other ways in being mm. physical and being that big body to be there on that line is fantastic. Mm. Um, yeah, Reeves looked not great at the start. All of his games were just slow starts. And then, but that fourth line really did started, start to click later in the game. Um, but yeah, uh, second line was also able to be efficient as well. Um, even, yeah, they didn't score. I don't think. Oh, no. Wait, no. No, they didn't. But it was a good... It was a good game from that second line as well of yeah. uh, Bertuzzi, Tavares, and Marner. Um, top line, yeah. I just have a lot of, like, top line with, like, I just have a lot of, like, good looks until we get to the David Camp goal, who I don't yeah. even think David Camp himself realized he scored a goal until he's, like, heard the buzzer go. He was like, oh. But, yeah, so that's his, you know, and it's, he was six, uh, he was six seconds into a shift. When he scored as well, which is not bad. No, 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 no. It's not bad at all. Uh, it also, like, Tavares got a bench assist. He was on the bench when the goal was scored. Like, that's just how mm. quickly off the off the bench camp scored. Um, Leafs are also 11-0-0 at home when camp scores in a game, which... Always a good sign. <laughs> that was, like, such... That's such one of those random stats where you're like, how does someone, like... Who's tracking that? Like, yeah, I'm sure Sportsnet has, like, a whole department full of, like, just stat nerds who do that. But I'm like, how do you even find that? Because I can barely navigate any of the stat websites effectively without checking out three different stats at the same time. Three different websites at the same time. Oh, yeah. I was... So, I, I was know like, which little David Kampf. they just tracking his every move. Yeah, because uh, in some of the other topics we're going to talk about, like, I did some lookup from stats. I literally was on three different websites looking up stats mm-hmm. for some of for for some of these teams that we're going to talk about in a second. But yeah, and then uh, Austin Matthews with the tap-in on an Elander shot for 2 nothing. Like, that's just one of those things where it's like, that's when you, that's like peak getting, like, Nylander and Matthews clicking together on the same line. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and then that also moves Austin Matthews into fourth for most home goals in Leafs history. And, like, then again, that's one of those things where also you look at the, like, the other list of people that he's um, on that list with. Like, you look at the other guys on that list that he's passing and things like that, and it's, like, all just, like, old classic Leafs. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. It's that's when like you, like... Yeah, well, because, so, like, it was, like, one of those things where it was moves into, like, pat like passes the this, this stat. I can't actually remember where I found it. But it was, like, something where it was, he was passing, like, George Armstrong for something. And it's, like, George Armstrong had, like, a 30-year career or something ridiculous. 
like he, people don't realize how long this man played hockey for. It was insane. Um, he's only, but yeah, yeah, Samsonov. Yeah, Samsonov had a great game. He looked great. I mean, he didn't. He only made. He only faced 18 shots, but I think that's also indicative that the whole team was playing great and the mm-hmm. fact that he faced 18 shots. There was still some dangerous shots that he did face. Um, like the Preds in the third for a few minutes looked really like looked like they were going to get like looked like they have some really good chances. Yeah. And then there's this hit by McCabe on Luke Evangelista. Absolute the poor like 19 year old kid absolutely, <laughs> absolutely laid out. Because I was watching the game with my roommate for some of it. She was studying and she would like pop in and like watch mm-hmm. a little bit with me. And she watched. And so she, at the start of the game, she was like, they showed a shot of like, because, you know, he's from Toronto. So they showed yeah. a shot of him on the bench. And she's like, oh, who's that? And I'm like, oh, that's Luke Evangelista. He's like 21, you know. And she's like, oh, okay. He's our age. I was like, yes. <laughs> that's what she asks every time. Um, And... And then she she gets and then you know she sees him get laid out and, I, and she was like oh what's that and I was like like who was that I was like that was the guy you were asking about at the start of the game like who got just absolutely laid out and then you know McCabe gets fought by uh, Sutherland I think is his last name which I'm not gonna lie it was a clean hit yeah it, it, it was yeah. It was a clean hit, so I, I like I get standing up for your twenty one year old kid, but also like the twenty year your twenty one year old teammate, but also at the same time like it was why are you going after a guy like for like a hit like that? Like it wasn't it wasn't it was a clean hit. Mm. It, was, um, um, it was insane. Like I was like just sat watching it with my friend, and then it happens, and I literally I grab her arm and I just go, he did not. Because I was like, I'm not going to lie, recently I've kind of, like, I keep forgetting that he's still on the team. McCabe? Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, the only defenseman we still have besides, like, Riley. And, and, and I still keep forgetting he's there. Like, I'm just like, every so often I'll see him, I'm just like, oh, shit, we didn't get rid of him. <laughs> I, I think, yeah, because he's, he was part of the, he was part of the, re, uh, the O'Reilly trade right mm-hmm. and everyone who we got like every every player who we got at the trade deadline is gone besides Jake McCabe and yeah. the only and he's not gone because he's still under contract like he's on a 2.5 million dollar contract or something like 2.5 or like 2 million dollar contract or something where it's like it's not a bad cap hit for what he's giving to the Leafs right now like at the start mm-hmm. of the season a lot of, he didn't look great no. And I think he's found his found his stride, I think is a good way to say it. Um, Nyes gets tripped. I'm mentioning that Nyes got tripped on a two-on-one chance with Nylander because it leads to a Leafs power play where Austin Matthews scores. Two-goal night. Um, where Nylander records his, sixth, his 460th point for the Leafs, passing Landon McDonald for 15th in Leafs history. So, way to go, Nylander. Um, Austin Matthews also has a fun, like, you know, falls <laughs> post goal. <laughs> I love those photos. Oh, the photos of, like, when a player scores and they're, like, on the ground. Like, I love those. They're great. They're great to use on Twitter as reaction memes. Oh, yeah. But 
That's also point number 988 for John Tavares, in case you are keeping count. So he's short two points going into Long Island. Um, and then no Gregor. Tonight we're going to get the John Tavares revenge hat trick. <laughs> yeah. And then no Gregor. That's what I want too. No Gregor with the empty net to make it 4 nothing. Uh, but yeah, Samsonov gets his 11th career shutout on the game. The first one for the Leafs since April 1st of last season. So. I'm so happy for him. I know. He seemed to, like, be really back. And, you know, he did get off to a really, really shaky start to start the season. But I think he, mm-hmm. you know, obviously sees an opportunity. And he said that in his post-game interview as well. That he sees this as an opportunity for him to be more, to gain confidence. And, you know, kind yeah. of, you know, maybe fight a little bit for that number one spot for the Leafs goaltending because you know before getting hurt it seems like the job was Joseph Wolves now right yeah. a lot a lot of people were like oh by April like he's gonna have the number one spot and it's very it very quickly turned into no no no, no. he's gonna get it before Christmas and now he's hurt so now this is a chance for both Samsov and Jones to kind of step mm. up step up and you know play well I mean we can talk about Leafs and Leafs and what we should look forward to Leafs and Islanders we have some um no oh I did I, I, I did find that Matthew that Austin Matthews so this is from NHLPR uh Austin Matthews scores twice on Saturday and passes George Armstrong for sole possession of the fifth most home goals yeah so it's like he also passes Rick Vave for sole possession of the second most multi-goal games in Maple Leafs history, only behind Daryl Sittler at 71. That's insane. That's... How? Um, like, I, it's incredible. It's insane that he's, like... Like, is it 25? And he's yeah, still... 25. Like... Really, and he's done all this. And I'm like, oh, Jesus. I know. I know. So... Sorry, I just, no, my phone lit up and I want to see what the notification was. So, yeah, obviously also uh, Leafs dad trip, this road trip. So all the dads are there, which is always, always fun to watch. Um, but, yeah, so Samsonov will start today against uh, mm. New York, which I think is the expectation. Um, yeah. Obviously, the also the expectation is because the Leafs are going into a back-to-back, they play um they play the Islanders today and then the Rangers tomorrow. I think Jones will probably start Tuesday against the Rangers. Yeah, I think. That's I think I, I shot him. Yeah, I, that, I mean, that would be the expectation, right? Is mm-hmm. especially, you know, even though the Rangers seem, you know, they are a pretty good team right now. You do would like to, you know, not overload Samsonov with work when he's coming back from illness um but yeah uh at practice as well Lilligren was on a fourth line pairing with uh Max Lajoie um and and then Reeves was on the fourth line instead of McMahon um today at morning skate other than that lines stay unchanged oh Lajeson was back on the second pairing with McCabe uh, again, like we said earlier, he's a game time decision on whether he's going to play or not, uh, according to Sheldon Keefe. Um, just because 
yeah, just... He's not uh, to see how he feels coming back and that sort of thing. Um, another thing to keep an eye on, again, like we've said, John Tavares uh, sits at 998 career NHL points, so he could reach 1,000 against his former team uh, today, which I really hope for. I really do. Mm. I love I the, I love a good I love a good narrative. So I, and I like when they work for us instead of against us. Yeah. <laughs> recently it's a lot of the narrative is working very much against us. Yeah, and to have his dad there as well, like it to be on the dad's trip. It would I think it would just be really great. Oh, um okay. Yeah, I do we have anything else to talk about regarding um, the Leafs before we like the Leafs the big Leafs before we talk about some Leafs prospects um, and things like that that's all the big Leafs that's all I the big know. Leafs all right uh, I feel like that is all the big Leafs stuff we have so um yeah here we go so some little Leafs previous so we have some prospect updates to give uh Easton Cohen extended his active point streak to five games with multi-point games on Tuesday and Friday for the London Knights leads the OHL with seven shutout points uh, not shutout seven shorthanded points um and then his his stat total is in 23 games played he has 12 goals and 39 points which is a 1.7 point uh points per game yeah, I did the math on that. Nice. It's actually like 1.695, but I rounded out to 1.7. So you're welcome, Easton. I made you look better on that math that I did. I didn't get the stats for I, I did the points per game myself. But yeah, I think that I think that's fantastic. Like he's really, really shot mm-hmm. off this year uh, on the nights. Uh, and then as well, uh, which is great. Um, I think a lot. A lot of you know, a lot of people doubted him and saw that he was a mistake for the Leafs to draft him in the first round. Like he wasn't projected into go until like a late second, early third. Mm. But I think for sure, like it's it's something where it's they were looking at his full season results and not just the back half of his season last year, in yeah. which it was fantastic. And I think he's going to only get more and more better. Like he's only going to get better and better. Um, currently, both him and uh, other Leafs prospect uh, Fraser Mitten started uh, Teams Canada's selection camp on Sunday for World Juniors. Uh, The camp will consist of practices, scrimmages, and two U-sports games. I actually looked on the U-sports website to see what schools it was because I was curious, and I could not find them. (laughs) So they are in Oakville, so I'm assuming it's probably like some, it's probably one of them is probably against like U of T. Mm -hmm. um, Or, and then, I don't know who else would be in Oakville. Maybe U of T, uh, Ryerson, uh, York. Probably, uh, oh, I'm trying to, th- uh, McMaster maybe as well. I'm trying to think of schools in that area that they would play against. Um, mm-hmm. Again, it's literally the middle of finals for everyone. So I, f- I feel fortunate for these U-sports athletes. We're going to have to play a bunch of like, nine. I mean, a bunch of 19-year-olds um, <laughs> during the middle of their finals. Because usually a lot of like U-sports hockey players are all like, they've. this is all them coming like post-junior. Um, post, uh, junior career for a lot of these guys they often then do um canadian universities but yeah we will we're not going to go too much into detail about rosters and stuff when they do get announced we're going to do it like a special world junior preview uh like we said so just a little update i mean another update uh both uh cohen and Brinton are rooming together uh in the hotel they're sharing a hotel room uh for the camp which i think is really great for those guys especially because i think both of them have teammates 
also at the camp, but the fact that they're rooming together as Leafs prospects, I think is, I think is really great. Um, so, <laughs> but yeah, and then also talk about the Marlies as well. Marlies goaltender Dennis Hildeby save percentage is now a nine two seven on the season after a three one win versus the Grand Rapid Grand Rapid Griffins. Uh, the twenty two year old has a five three two record and uh, a one point eight uh, goals against average. I had to actually count out his record myself because it does not actually show his record on the AHL website or on any stat pages mm-hmm. that you look at. I had to look at his game per game breakdown and count each win. I don't know why they don't at the AHL level like don't show like goalie records because yeah, like so you think they show how many games played. You would think if they show a game per game like game log. And they show yeah. if the goal attender has won or lost. Like, anyways, it's just one of those things where it's like, why isn't this included in goalie stats for this mm-hmm. sort of thing? Uh, but yeah, for a stellar first uh, full season in North America, uh, I don't personally think he's quite ready this year for NHL no. hockey. Maybe next year we could see him in a backup role with with Joseph Wool because obvi- like Samsonov is a UFA at the end of the season. Yeah, so. I think yeah, like he's not ready yeah in an emergency situation yeah yeah, like if you're if you're you know unfortunately like sam snuff or jones gets hurt and you're stuck then you have no other choice but to call him up but if Mm -hmm. you don't have to i wouldn't call him up this season no like as i've said quite a lot on the podcast (laughs) let him develop in the ahl (laughs) and it'll do wonders like don't rush your goalies because it's just it it won't end well for anyone. Yeah. But like it he has got a really good future. Like it is looking incredible for like him with the Leafs with Wall because I refuse to believe that Wall is ever gonna play anywhere else because that will break my heart and I don't know what I'm gonna do if he ever leaves. Um yeah but um yeah the future is bright for Leafs goaltending I will say that I think I think we you know I think it's something we can actually for once you know feel confident about the fact that we have Mm -hmm. some really good homegrown home developed talent I won't say homegrown because none of them are from Toronto some home developed (laughs) talent coming through the pipeline for the Leafs in terms of uh who's going to be a net in the future for for like the first time in what feels like years I feel like you know we've never really had that I think the last time we've had like a Leafs developed goaltender who's come through the program and then has become the starting goaltender for the Leafs uh was like Reimer yeah which was quite a long time ago but yeah so uh um we'll talk about Dylan Strome on Thursday versus Dallas, uh, Dylan Strome scores his 100th career NHL goal and his, and his third multi-goal game this season. It's also Alex Ovechkin's uh, 1500th career point in the NHL. We love, we love to see it. We love when Dylan Strome does well. I think, you know, for yeah. I think for sure he's fine his place in Washington I think you know mm-hmm. like a lot of people considered him a bust I think just like Arizona he was not given an opportunity no 
he was all like his fir- his first se- season after being drafted with Arizona. He was in three different leagues, playing in three yeah. different leagues. He played NHL games, he played AHL games, and then he played OHL games with Erie. Like, and I th- and then also like yeah, he wasn't bad in Chicago, but I think for sure Washington is the place for him, and I think you can see it in the way that he has become mm. a a star for the Capitals for sure, especially with oh, yeah. Backstrom out. Like he's really had to step up in terms of his mm-hmm. offensive production. And he has, and I congratulations yeah. to Strom. Cause like this, this season he's projected. Oh yeah. Like, what is his projection? 36 goals. Assists, like that's a career high. That's a career high. Would it be 36? That must be. Uh, yeah. That'd be by a, um, I think the last yeah like last season he had 23 it's like if he's on track for 36 that's like insane also really good for my fantasy team (laughs) (laughs) Marcy beat me in fantasy this week it's not my it's not my problem that like like I had I had like three players hit day-to-day status my fantasy Mm. team right now is struggling uh, we're going to talk about the Detroit Red Wings in a little bit, but JT Confer was announced. That he, it was announced by the Red Wings today that JT Confer was going to go on retroactive IR, which screws me over because my IR slot is already filled by Thomas Shabbat right now. So I had to straight up drop JT Confer so I could pill, pick up Philip Forsberg. So I think this is a turner. Yeah, I don't know why Philip Forsberg was still like available in our league too. Like he, he was like had the highest points in our league. Like yeah. he was like highly ranked in our league of players available i was like okay i guess i'll take his mustache even though it reminds me of like my ex-roommates like crazy boyfriend but <laughs> i think it's because we picked based on vibes vibes and who's like our little guys yeah rather yeah. than like the like i, I mean i've got justin hall <laughs> like he's to be fair he's he's done better than i thought he would so far yeah I mean in the games that he's played he hasn't played every game for the Red Wings but speaking of Dylan Strome Connor McDavid is is he real like we talk about oh is Connor McDavid like watch all this talk about biological clock and winning a cup blah 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 it's like it's like oh okay Finally, Connor McDavid can relate to what it's like being a girl at a fa- like at a family <laughs> holiday event. <laughs> being asked about your like biological clock, like Jesus Christ! But time's um, right now. Oh, I know. Sorry, I just always get so nervous. Ooh, there's an update on Dylan Larkin as well. Who is that? Who? It's a video from the coach that Elliot uh, Freeman retweeted. Oh my god, my phone is buzzing from other things. <laughs> but Connor McDavid has, and I had to update this since there was one tweet posted by the NHL about it, and I had to update it since that tweet because he scored more goals. Uh, Dave, Connor McDavid is 23 points in the last nine games. Um, as of so that's uh, so that's stats from yesterday, and then tied for seventh in league scoring. He had he got hurt, came back from injury, like. This Edmonton Oilers team is a completely different team than what we saw prior to them getting a new coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but of 
like, could this be the turnaround for Edmonton? I think a lot of people had them projected to be a cup contender. Like everyone was like, oh yeah, the final is going to be Edmonton and Carolina. Mm, we're going to talk about Carolina in a little bit, but I do like McDavid is McDavid. Like it's, he's like a McRobot, like 23 points in the last nine games is insane. That's insane. Like, what the fuck? I actually, you know what? I will provide the point. The, the game the hold on 23 divided by nine is 2.5 points per game that's insane he's not real that's that's craziness he's not real i think he's a robot he's a robot like mcjesus is real <laughs> mcjesus is a fitting nickname and i know this this pace of point production is not sustainable because it's not sustainable for any, anyone mm-hmm. but i do think like this could be the turnaround that the Oilers need and kind of prompt this whole team to get better. Like even their goaltending has been better for sure. Mm -hmm. Like Stuart Skinner has been playing pretty well. Their defense is still a little wishy-washy and the the game, I think I saw like part of their game on Saturday, like in the games that I've seen from them, it's a little Mm -hmm. bit iffy sometimes. Um, But yeah, like it. Okay. Yeah. Like I've got my only notes for, the McDavid section is just 23 points in the last nine game played. Who is she in all caps and bold? Who is she? I mean, we do all, like when we look at the standings as well. Um, my standings are just slow to load up. Here we go. Um, on the Western Conference, um, they are they are now moved into fourth, um, in the in the Pacific Division and have played three less games than the Golden Knights. Well, four less games than the Golden Knights. And three less games than, than the Canucks who are in the top two. Mm. So they, yeah, they're like 12, 12 and one is their record. They're seven and three in their last 10. So, and they're on a seven game win streak. The Oilers are on a seven game win streak. Like, like yeah, that's told, not sustainable. But that's insane. Like, if you told us, like, even a month ago, if you told us when we started this podcast, cast that the Oilers would be on a seven game win streak and would be fourth in their division I would have called you crazy because I think one of the first things we talked about was yeah was probably was the Oilers that definitely was a topic yeah we did we did talk about Edmonton in our first in our first show and here we are seven episodes later like mind blown but yeah way to go Edmonton um do we want to do Carolina or Pittsburgh we can do Carolina. Yeah, Carolina, Pittsburgh. Carolina. Okay, so according to Elliot Freeman, uh, I think he mentioned this on Saturday night, like Hockey Night in Canada on Saturday. Uh, and then I just found a tweet from like a Canes, uh, Hurricanes like news account. The Hurricanes are making plans for Anderson to not be back. Like they're preparing for Anderson to not return mm-hmm. for the regular season. And they're now they're now coming to accept this as a possibility that he will not return to them. Uh during the regular season this year uh obvious i think everyone knows anderson has been out on long-term injury because of a blood clotting issue and then are now going to and that the canes are now going to start entering the goalie trade market um mm-hmm. carolina currently sits six in the metro in the metro uh division uh they are they have a 14 12 and one record but they are four five and one in the last 10 including a they're currently on a four game losing streak which isn't good no, not ideal. Um, their their current goaltending 
goaltending, they're like their current goaltending average across both of their goalies is like an eight six seven save percentage. Ouch. The only problem is there's not a lot of goalies out there on the mark on the goalie market right now. No. For, to fill the position that they want, like they're not gonna. They may find someone better than what they have now, but they're not going to find someone who fits. You know what I mean? Like. They're not going to yeah. find someone who's going to totally change the team around. I feel like there's also things that need to ha- be happening here. Mm-hmm. But, like, it 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 is a lot of it does fall on the goaltending. They have the least amount of shots against per game. Like, they only allow, on, on average, per game 25 shots, which is the least the wow. least in the league. Um, But, yeah. Uh, and then it also is a defensive problem as well. But, like goaltending is definitely like probably the quickest fix for the for the hurricanes yeah. right now if they want to turn around their season and make the playoffs like everyone expects them to for sure so i just like i'm like thinking about this i'm like i don't even know who you would go after no. without paying an arm and a leg who are you going to target that's not you know what i mean like maybe jack campbell would you want to take on that five million dollar cap hit though yeah for some like for something that you don't know what you're getting you could be getting something close to leafs jack campbell or you could be getting to earlier this season jack campbell mm-hmm. you don't you don't know right like yeah, it's a risk and you're paying, it's a risk for sure and you'd also have to approach edmonton oilers who you know may also run into their own goaltending problems as well mm-hmm. like who knows it's not looking good. No, it is not, uh, which is unfortunate as well. Uh, you know, uh, I, I like I look at this problem that they're having and, you know, they're like, I think for them, they're entering like, I think they maybe should have. I mean, again, we don't know what they knew when they f- when Anderson first mm-hmm. went on LTIR, like because of the blood clotting issue, like we don't know if they thought, oh, maybe it's something that can be resolved, you know, in the new year, whatever. He'll be back after the All Star break, whatever. Like mm-hmm. they didn't know, and now maybe they do know. But like at the same time, I still would be looking because oh, yeah. you know Freddie Anderson was playing really great before for Carolina, mm-hmm. right? And you obviously can see the effects of it now that it's having on their season for sure of not having him and have not that you know having. Ranting, uh, uh, Kochek, uh, So, but yeah, um, speaking of teams that we should be worried about, Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Um, the retirement home is, yeah. Um, I mean, uh, Kyle Dubas had a, had a press conference today with media just as one, just to answer questions. Mm. Not really to make an announcement of anything like that, just to talk and talk he did. I watched some of it and I actually had, as much as I love Kyle Dubas, I was like, sometimes he can say so much without saying nothing at all. He was, but yeah, so the Pittsburgh Penguins have an 11, 12 and three record. They are three, four and three in the last 10 games and are on a two game losing streak. The big one here and the one that has a lot of attention is the power play is currently 0 for 37 since November 11th. So that's a month since the power play has scored a goal, which isn't good. When you when you have like Sidney Crosby on your power play. Yeah, you should be 
when you're power, Sidney Crosby, like Malkin, like Carlson, Latang is on power play too, like Jake Gunsel. Like when you have those guys on your power you play, scoring. you should be scoring. Um, they're 30th in power play percentage with a 9.5. And you look at the teams that are like below them, it's like St. Louis and um, like the Sharks. Ouch. Oh, that's not good. Yeah, they're currently seventh in the Metro um, in terms of standing. And they are like a true seventh because a lot of teams, you know, teams have played a variety of different number of games. Mm-hmm. So you look at their points percentage. Um, Pittsburgh is like a true seventh place per like by points percentage uh, in the Metro as well. So it's not like it's they've played way less games than everybody. And that's why they're so low. They are a true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's very much like I feel like it's very much Kyle Dubas was brought into a situation of like this is your like last dance with these three, and I think a lot of people are like mm-hmm. thinking, you know, like because you think about the core three and they're aging. Like, unfortunately, I don't like thinking about like those guys aging. No, but it's it was a win it all season with the core three to bring like you know bringing in Carlson. It was very much like a it's a we're going to do it or we're going to not. And you have to start to think about the future of that core three. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, maybe they'll go. Will they go somewhere else? Who knows? Malkin or Crosby are both UFAs coming up soon. Mm. Right. And like, as much as you think, oh, they're going to retire as Penguins. Yes. But also at the same time, like how badly do they want to get that one more cup that they're going to be willing to leave Pittsburgh? Yeah. Because it's like, you got to really want the cup to leave after playing there your entire career. And then you're like, yeah. you're fit. You, people will not be happy. Well, especially because Crosby has this season and then one more uh, left on his contract. And he currently sits at an 8.7 cap hit, which right now is a fantastic contract. Mm. Right? Like technically the contract that he signed to now is like, illegal because it's like 12 years <laughs> like it's like 10 years or something like it's like 10 years at 8.7 so it's like an 87 because you know Sidney Crosby Sydney Crosby who will only sign <laughs> I love him and his little little quirks squiddy yeah, um little quirks. quirks but so you think about maybe what do you do because you have to also start thinking about the fact that like what you're gonna have to start making a rebuild eventually with this team they are going to be going into something like a rebuild yeah that kyle is going to have to take this team through something he i he didn't really never had to do with toronto mm. he inherited a playoff team and they've stayed a playoff team right yeah. In his time, like as in his time as general manager, I think he, when Lou Lamorella was here, this team was not very much not a playoff team. <laughs> but yeah, uh, also over the weekend, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins signed uh, 2016 fourth overall pick Jesse Puljavari to a PTO, who uh, he was traded from Edmonton to Carolina last season before undergoing bilateral hip resurfacing. Um, so. He a timeline on from when he's going to join the lineup is unknown, and whether he'll actually be signed to a contract is also unknown. But he has been participating on mm-hmm. the top line with uh, Crosby and Gensel um, 
in practices. And he's liked it as well. No. So it's like, good for her. Good for him, yeah. Um, so it's like he's also like 25 too, still young, which is mm. think about. He's like 25 and already has had hip resurfacing surgery, which holy. Oh, ouch. Ouch. Um, should we talk about the Red Wings though now? I think we should talk about the Red Wings. Uh, unless you have anything to add about Pittsburgh. No, I've got nothing. No. All right. Uh, let's talk about Dylan Larkin. Um, and Otto, I I always feel like I I feel like we're treading a very fine line with this conversation because of what I've seen online from both Red Wings and mm. Sense fans has been. And I think people need to remember that more th- more than one thing can be right at the same time. Yeah. Which is something that people on the internet forget. Um, a lot of the time. Situations are not black and white 99% of the time. Yeah. And I think this is one of the ones where it's not black and white. It's a whole lot of gray and both sides have players mm. at fault. But. In Saturday's game versus Ottawa, Larkin was injured following contact by Ottawa's uh, Matthew Joseph and Parker Kelly in a front of net scrum. There was like co- there was uh, contact from Joseph from behind and then Kelly from the front at the same time. Um, mm-hmm. And then was down on the ice unconscious before leaving on his own two feet. Like they brought out the stretcher for him and everything. Obviously, Larkin yeah. has a history of neck injuries as well in his career. Um, according to Kevin Weeks, though, however, scans came back negative, uh, but a timeline for return is unknown. Um, but we did have an uh, an update that was posted, uh, retweeted oh, by no. Elliot Freeman about how about an update about him. Again, it's a video though. I don't want to play it because then I have to cut it out. Um, so maybe I'm trying to think of. Maybe if we can just, like, find someone who, like, tweeted actual, like, words about it. Yeah. Um, because if you can, if you can like, find that somewhere. I will have a look. If you even, I think if you search. Because I, I mean, we could play the video, but. Where? Uh. Yeah, it's just a lot of people think being like, ouch. It's, yeah. Okay. I, I mean, we could listen to it. Oh, um, he's in good spirits. Good spirits. Okay. Um, but yeah. So, but after, I mean, while you look for that, I'll just continue reading off the notes that I have mm-hmm. about it. But after the play, uh, Detroit's uh, Perrin went after Ottawa's Arden Zub. After the play, which like. If you watch the video, it's very obvious Zub was not the guy. Like, Perron was, like, tangled up beside Zub away from the contact. So, obviously, like, you know where it was a thing where it was Perron saw the first senator standing close to Larkin. Zub was waving over, like, medical staff, trying to get the attention of medical staff. And Perron just goes after him. Uh, So, mm-hmm. that led to... a by Department of Player Safety, uh, Perron was offered an in-person hearing for such accent that will take place today afternoon. So maybe we'll get an update while we're still recording. Who knows? It's Monday afternoon. Yeah. Um, but this allows the Department of Player Safety to give Perron a five-plus game suspension. I found 
mixed reports. I'm not 100% sure if it gives them the possibility to give him five games or the minimum that he will be given is five games. Um, no news from Department of Player Safety regarding suspension for Matthew or Kelly. Um, yeah. I don't think Parker Kelly, I think Parker Kelly was just wrong place, wrong time mm-hmm. when it, right, for that. Like he, he was obviously in the wrong place, wrong time. And I think a lot of Red Wings fans think he's part of the partly to blame. I think, I think not. I think his hands were just like in an unfortunate place because his hands were in a place where it was, if Larkin was standing up, it would have been middle of the chest where his hands would have been. Mm-hmm. But because like... Larkin was falling, it then was somewhere around the neck, face, mm-hmm. jaw area. Um, and then Matthew today in um, of like a media scrum, post-practice that was a loud door I don't know if you heard that <laughs> but uh just said his apology and said that he there was no intent behind it he didn't do it on purpose which yeah again a lot I think there should have at least been like a like a meeting or a hearing by Department mm-hmm. of Player Safety at least to set some sort of precedent because I don't know like over this weekend there was a lot of there was a lot of incidents involving players and big hits and nasty hits and dirty hits that just yeah led to games getting out of control florida and columbus is an example with nick cousins and mm. eric uh Gabranchin. like it's just the you're losing control if you're not going to call things properly and you're not going to use your department of player safety or safety effectively you're going to lead to situations where games get out of control and then you're giving you know and then you're there's you know, multiple games. Then there's like all these 10 minute misconducts. You saw that again, Rangers and Kings as well. Get that game, get out of control as well. Mika Zibanejad with like a 10 minute misconduct. It's just, it's just one of those things where it's like, obviously you need to, I'm not saying get rid of hits. I'm not saying, you know, penalized every hit and that sort of thing, but like you still have clean, heavy hits and, Mm -hmm. Like you've got if you're gonna allow hits, you've also got to like manage them right. And it's like you can't just like let everything slide and just be like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm a ref and I'm just gonna like not see it. <laughs> Turn a blind eye. Yeah. yeah. Especially yeah. because like this one it was the hit on Branson from Nick Cousins. That game that originally was called as a four minute major in the game and then it was reviewed and downgraded to a minor which no (laughs) no watch everyone should go watch the video it was a it was for boarding the original call was a major for boarding which it was Mm -hmm. i don't i know i don't know if cabranson was bleeding from the hit or from the fact that he then went after nick cousins he like looks like he was down stood back up like the undertaker and went after Nick Cousins. <laughs> Literally, because he was, like, flat out. And I was like... Yeah. I was oh, like and then oh. obviously just, like, <laughs> he's back. He just jumps up and I'm like, Cousins. And then because, of course, the rest didn't call... Like, went under review. It got downgraded to a minor. And then wasn't called properly. Grants, and then next time he and Nick Cousins were on the same shift, goes after Nick Cousins and then gets the 10 minute the 10 like the 10 minute mm. misconduct for going after him which of course the reason why he did that is because you didn't deal with it properly when the original like inciting incident happened earlier and i think 
it's one of those things where it's like you lead to games getting out of control and you lead to all these mm-hmm. things happening because the refs aren't doing their jobs. But yeah, who knew that was a new concept? Makes it more dangerous. Yeah, I found yeah. um, some what people have been saying about the Larkin update. Uh, someone said that Joseph said um, that he's reached out to him, which is nice. Like, yeah, he's done that. And then he's been placed on IR, no definite timetable for return. He's unavailable for at least a week. Um, that's kind of all I've found without watching it. Alright, yeah, I think probably the video says that, but just in, like, more words and, like, a coach would yeah. say. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, but we also, in some updates in some injury news as well, it was announced today from the um, Detroit Red Wings as well, due to injuries, that they've recalled uh, Jonathan Berggren, Austin Cernick, and former Leaf. And everyone's favorite graphic designer and dog dad, Zach Aston. <laughs> it's time! The, He's back. From the Grand Rapids Griffins on emergency conditions. So this is a this is a big day. Um, but it's obvious because JT Comfer was placed on IR retroactively to December 5th. Clem Costin on IR retroactive to December 7th. And Dylan Larkin on IR retroactive to, tw- to December 9th. So... Um, I think, but yeah, it's exciting. Zach Aston Reese. We love Zach Aston Reese on the show. Him. We we, um, love him. we do. Um, I think you him, know it's a Carl big. And Lola. <laughs> Carl and Lola. We we love him on the show. Um, obviously as well. Uh, having you know, nice. I think Marcy's just happy that him and Justin Hall are playing on the same team. <laughs> Back together. Um. But yeah, so I think honestly, I think, it, you know, it's some good opportunity for these guys to get back into some some NHL games for sure. Um, so, yeah, we'll see some just something, you know, to keep an eye on what's going on with Detroit as well. They currently are tied for third in the standings with the Leafs, but they have played two more games than the Leafs and have a are on a two game losing streak. So. We will we will see. Um, and both of those two extra games are losses. Like, it's like they leave in the right wings. Both have 14 wins. So I just want to – I'm just sorry. I'm just looking up their schedule to see who they play next. They play the Stars today. Then they play the Blues, Hurricanes, Flyers, Ducks, and Jets. So I think, like, the next potentially tough game for – I mean, the Flyers have been play, mm-hmm. playing pretty well recently. So. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see how, yeah, definitely just if you, you know, are curious about a team that got off to a really hot start at the start of the season, you know, definitely keep an eye on the Red Wings if you're looking for one of those teams to just follow who's, you know, playing who, you know, was off to a hot start. Um, Is that, I think that, I think that was everything that we wanted to cover. I'm trying to see with my notes. We do, however, have some good news stories. We do. I ha- I'm so excited to share this one. Uh, so we were talking a little bit about Le- some Leafs prospects, including Fraser Mitten. We have another story f- for about Fraser Mitten uh, as well. Uh, so 
the, the WHL Saskatoon Blades, which is Fraser Mittens' junior team that he got traded to this year. Pride night, their Pride Night was on Friday. Um, multiple players had Pride tape on their sticks for warm-ups, including Leafs prospect, prospect Fraser Mitten, who kept it on his uh, stick during the game. He had it like wrapped around his shaft uh, candy can style during the game. Uh, and then Saturday versus Moose Jaw, Mitten scored his fifth goal and his 15th point in 13 games. So the little baby leaves are on fire. I know they're doing great. And I, I think it's just one of those things where it's like, it's one of those, it's the little things about players that just make you, you know, think, okay, like this is great. And I think definitely, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. sure. It's a junior hockey pride night. It's not, you know, the biggest stage in the world, but I think it, it does mean a lot as queer hockey fans to the fact yeah. that, you know, you think about a kid who's, been traded not traded but has been drafted by this team and you know probably you know will go on to rep- probably represent Canada World Juniors mm-hmm. you know of course that roster isn't confirmed we won't find out till Wednesday but um and we'll probably be back with the Leafs next season to see him you know do something and it's little it's hockey it's tape on a stick right but yeah. the fact that it's he like- but it does mean a lot the mm. fact that he chose to keep it on for the full game and it just shows, you know, kids are all right. <laughs> yeah. And as well, it's like arguably, yes, it's like not a big NHL Pride night, but like the fact that he's still done it, even though it's not a big NHL Pride night, makes it like even nicer. Cause it's like, yeah, yeah. It showed like the fact that it's, it's definitely something where it's like you can tell that it was I don't want to know I don't want to know I don't know what he's thinking for sure but it's it's just those little things where it's like yeah he's doing it because it's something where he's you know supportive which is it's cool which is great you know as a hockey fan to know that like especially as a queer hockey fan to know that like the players that you're fans of Mm. and like you know players of the future of the team players of the future of the team in the future of the league so maybe we'll see some changes come to the NHL regarding pride jerseys please bring them back please. during warm-ups please. Please. please um but yeah i just i'm trying to like i think there's there's nothing else regarding i mean we do have some baby updates though we do I, have some baby updates do you have them because I, I don't have them written down i thought you would have those written down i have um alex took of the Buffalo Sabres welcomed a baby boy at the weekend called Trip. Oh. And like the picture was just like. Oh. It was very cute. I saw that picture. Yeah, it was very cute. So you sent it to me. Um, and then I, and then also uh, Michael Amadio, former Leaf. <laughs> former Leaf and, uh, <laughs> and what of uh, the, uh, Vegas Golden Knights uh, welcomed a baby girl over the weekend as well, named Scotty. So, congrats, congrats to the new dads in the NHL. Um, you know, oh, then uh, Scott Wedgwood of the Dallas Stars announced that he's having a baby girl through this new helmet design, which I oh. okay, that new helmet design. It was like he announced his baby with it, and then also on the other side. <laughs> 
Picture had <laughs> Jake on like those little like doodles of Jake Ottinger and Jason Robinson. And I'm like, you know what? Your three most important things in life. Yeah. Your baby uh-huh. and your and two your teammates. Your, 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 and your two team children. Um but yeah, some again, yeah, I just I, I'm like trying to think if we have anything else to to, to cover and we we don't. But yeah, we, yeah. we did get through it all. Look at us go. I don't know if there's nothing else for me to add. I don't know about you. Uh, no. Just, there is um, in Vancouver, there are teams interested oh, in yes, Ethan Bear. about Chris Menka. Ethan Bear. Nothing. Yeah. Um, Although he has got oh, some teams he won't go to. So, like, I'll be embarrassed yeah, and calling up and being like, hey, we want, we want this, we want Kermanko. I, I tweeted about, oh, about that. I tweeted about that. I was like, imagine calling up Patrick Alvin being like, oh, Kermanko is like perfect fit for our team. I think he's going to do really well there. Calling up Patrick Alvin being like, so we're, we're interested in making a trade with you and being like, so about that. Sorry, he doesn't want to go to your team. Because <laughs> I don't want to know how those conversations go down. Is that like, I don't, I don't know if the, it's like, you know, GMs the GMs have, like, access to full, like, no-trade lists for teams and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if that's something, or if it's something where it's, like, you only find out about what teams are on that no-trade list if you call the team Mm. and ask about a player. Uh, Also news, slightly Vancouver-related, in the Ethan Bear sweepstakes. I don't know why, I was like, I don't know why they are getting, like, uh, sweepstakes like status but in the Ethan Bear sweepstakes um, sorry Ethan Bear I just like insulted you by saying like your signing's not really a sweepstake but <laughs> I've come off a weekend of like Shohei Otani signing so that's called yeah, a you're still you're still in recovery I'm just, honestly the more I read about it the more I'm maybe glad we didn't get Otani I'm yeah. thinking about like the fact that 700 million US dollars is nearly a billion Canadian dollars and I'm like holy crap I'm not paying much I don't want to pay more for a beer at the Rogers Center than I'm already paying if I go see a game <laughs> but um yeah the the team with the most interest right now uh, eyes on Washington regarding um the, regarding Ethan Bears the Canucks have been told that they are out of that horse race so mm. according to Elliot Friedman the eyes are on Washington we'll see who knows that's something you know we'll probably maybe we'll find out by thursday and we'll talk about it on thursday who knows we have we have two games to cover on thursday and then preview another one like the leafs have not really a busy schedule i'm trying to see if they've had it i don't they don't really have great actually i take that back they actually do no they 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 have a pretty they actually their, their schedule's not bad it's just a lot of travel they're like mm. on the road the next two games, then they're home the next two games, and then they're next three games, and then they're away, and then they're they're away two games, and then it's Christmas, and then they're back home, and then away, and then like they play the Blue Jackets twice in one week, both away. Mm. I think that's insane. That's crazy. Who's scheduling this? I look at the, I we play in the next between now and the New Year, we play the Columbus Blue Jacks Blue Jackets three times. Who's scheduling this? Someone who does not like happiness. Someone who like who like I don't know in the month of December really wants to watch 
<laughs> the Leafs play Patrick Laine and Adam Fantilli. Someone who someone who really wants to watch Adam Fantilli score a goal against the Leafs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. Um, no, the thing is, also, I've just realized I need Joseph Wall to be back by mid-February because on the 19th, they play at they play away against St. Louis. Oh my god. Yes. And if if he if he's not back <laughs> to play I'm gonna cry. I mm, I'll be Oh my god, you're I, right. you will see me on the news. I will be Because like I've literally on... I've got it marked down in my calendar. I have to buy a new calendar so I can mark off the the new year for all the Leafs games. I have all the Leafs games now until the end of the year in my agenda, mm-hmm. like in my monthly calendar. I do not have them marked off because I, I don't have another agenda for next year yet. That's on my Christmas list. Um, well, but if he's not back in yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so I think that's all from us for today. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Um, if you're going to do anything today, Watch the Leafs. Follow Joseph Will on Instagram. Never thought we'd be saying that. I really hope we get some, I don't know. He did say in that athletic article that if he was going to come back to the social media, it was so he would share some music. So who knows? Fingers crossed. Who knows? Fingers crossed we get some Joseph Will music and, I don't know, Lego updates. You know, I want, I want, I want, I want, I want to be on my Spotify route next year. Top yes. artist. <laughs> Top artist, Joseph Wall. <laughs> then he has to record an artist message. <laughs> <laughs> the things I will do. It's just the longest millennial pause, and then it's him going, with the worst camera angle, just going, thanks, guys, for all the support you've given with my music this year. It's been really greatly appreciated. See you on the ice in Scotiabank Arena. <laughs> and, it's just, and we all, like, absolutely eat it up. <laughs> yeah we're just like oh my god he's done it um but yeah uh yeah follow just full on instagram maybe maybe he'll post updates of his uh how he's how his uh atat walker uh star wars Lego set's coming along i really do want to know when he finishes that actually i'm i'm curious oh yeah six thousand pieces yeah, is I, impressive um someone who just built a little lego set today i need to know yeah, I I built I built one over the weekend because I was feeling bad. I built it on Friday. <laughs> Simon got me one for my birthday and I built it on my floor. That was a mistake. My back and my neck killed mm. the next day. But yeah, it's a little it's two little like um Mercedes cars. There's like a Mercedes like F one car and then there's one of their like um their endurance cars. But yeah, it's great. Yeah. I've um, got a, a Lego parcel arriving coming? tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow? I was on the website all weekend. That was my procrastination oh. from studying. I was like, mm, I wonder what Lego set I want to get. Mm. Oh, <laughs> I didn't end up buying any. Like, do I? But then the thing is, if I do now, because I'm going back home from uni on Friday, it means I'm going to have to, if I buy anything, it's going to have to wait till after Christmas. Because my mom will be like, why are you buying things before Christmas? And I'll be like, because I wanted it and I didn't want you to know how much it cost. <laughs> No, that's my thing. It's like I want I want the Lego like history museum. Yes. I saw that. I was like, I want that. I think Joseph Wall would imp- I wish appreciate that. He follows NASA. I think he would appreciate the history museum. Yeah. Well, um, um, but yeah, th- 
Thank you. Um, thank you guys for listening. This is from the fourth line. You can follow us anywhere you get your podcast. We're pretty much everywhere now, actually, as well, which is pretty yeah. great. Um, well, yeah, follow follow the show on Twitter at from the fourth line. Follow both of us on Twitter at pairb1 and at sixty leaves. And we will see you. And we'll see you Tuesday. Not Tuesday. We'll see you Thursday. Yes. Um, <laughs> can you tell it's exam season? We will see you on Thursday. Thank you. Bye.